This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 151. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. All right, today I cannot even begin to contain my excitement because in just a few hours, I'm getting on a plane to Hong Kong and I'm going to be there for two or three months. So this is going to be completely awesome. Of course, I'm going to be documenting all of this um, on my YouTube channel. For those of you who um, might have seen what I did in Thailand in the summer, I'm going to be doing exactly the same thing here in Hong Kong. Um, My mission basically here in Hong Kong, apart from to have a great time, is to improve my Cantonese. I'm kind of languishing at this intermediate level. And uh, my kind of big thing is that I feel that I need to be in the environment where I'm listening to Cantonese every day, Uh, and having the chance to speak it a lot if I'm going to make the next step. So I'm going to be talking a lot about how to actually find these opportunities and improve whilst you're in the country. Things like, you know, how to find people to speak to and practice with techniques that I'm using to, to really push through that intermediate level and move towards a more advanced stage. So lots of stuff that's going to be there. Make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel which you can uh, you can search for me on YouTube or you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash YouTube and that will direct you to the channel. So lots and lots of videos to come and you'll also get to see behind the scenes in Hong Kong. A lot of food, a lot of walking, a lot of nightlife, a lot, a lot of different stuff. Uh, so if you're interested in following me along there, then definitely, definitely keep up to date on YouTube. I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. italki is a place where you can find a teacher a fantastic teacher of the language that you're learning. And you can get a free lesson by going to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, without any further ado, let's get into a question from Andy, who asks about the beginning stages of learning a difficult foreign language. Hi, Ollie. This is Andy Roberts in uh, Oregon on the West Coast of the United States. Thank you for your for your podcast series. I just finished listening to uh, number 134, dealing with frustration in Chinese, and I'm using that kind of as a starting off point for a more specific question. Um, but it's, um, even though this has to do with Chinese, um, in my case, it doesn't have to be. It could be a language similar to one's own, you know, French or uh, German or whatever. Uh, it could be very different, uh, Vietnamese or whatever. But the question is, if the language seems so foreign to your mind, to your subconscious, um, that uh, you can't really retain what you're learning very well. And it seems like no matter how long you study it, you're still a beginner. Um, uh, what do you do in that instance? Um, uh, I'm sure with all the languages you've studied, you've run across that at least once, um, where it's just, um, you know, you could try different techniques. You could, uh, you know, you could focus on the sentence, the um the dialogue or the word, it doesn't really matter. Um, you do a lot of listening, a lot of speaking. The speaking could be fun. You could be motivated to learn a language. But you, uh, anyway, that's the struggle that I'm having. Uh, what do you advise in that situation? Thank you. Okay, Andy, thank you very much for a great question. Now, what Andy's talking about here is the really the difference between the gap between your language and the language that you're learning. And in the case of Asian languages, and Andy mentioned Chinese in particular, if you've ever, if you're an English speaker and you've ever tried to learn a language like like Chinese, or actually any Asian language, especially any tonal Asian language, you're going to recognise this feeling of the language being so different from your own, from your mother tongue, that it just seems like you never 
make any progress. It, it always just seems really, really foreign. And in my experience, this is definitely the case with Asian languages. And the, you know, I, I'm much better at it now, you know, I, because having learnt Japanese, Cantonese, um, Arabic, uh, and Thai, at least you know, to to a kind of beginner conversational level. Uh, I kind of know what to expect now, and I know what the process is like. But when I first learned an Asian language, which was Japanese, that very much was not the case. You've probably heard me talk about this before, but you know, I I had had some pretty good success with Romance languages, and I moved to Japan, and I wanted to learn Japanese, and this was going to be my my fifth foreign language, and I thought it was going to be easy. Uh, I I thought you know I'm going to be in Japan. I'll talk loads I'll just be I'll be fluent in a, in, in a couple of months <laughs> of course that did not happen not even in a couple of years and looking back on it now you know I've got, got a bit more of a mature head on me and I kind of know what to expect and what to expect is this you need to leave there's always going to be a certain familiarity period which is to say a certain period of time that you need to kind of be surrounded by the language for it to become normal and for you to get used to it. Now, in terms of how long that is, I've always found that six months is a pretty reliable time frame. When I've studied dif- uh, very different languages before, and I am working on them for, on, a, on you know on a pretty much daily basis, or certainly you know an, quite a lot every week, I found that I always tend to turn a corner after around six months, and so I kind of deduce from that that that's the that's the period that you kind of have to wait in order for it to become less different. In the case of Japanese, you know, I I, I wanted results straight away. You know, I'd learned Spanish, I'd learned Italian, I'd learned Portuguese and, and it you know, you can you can the language is never it never seems very those languages don't seem very distant, you know. They might not be easy, but they are they do seem familiar. You can read and you can write and you can relate to a lot of words that have similar Latin roots to some English words. Um, you've got a lot to help you. And so when I kind of went to to learn Japanese at first, I wanted results straight away. But what I found was that no matter how much I studied, even after a couple of years, I was still at a point where I I, I really couldn't understand a lot beyond your kind of typical daily interactions in Japan. I really couldn't understand um, a lot. Whenever I came to speak, I couldn't find a, a good way of saying things. I could kind of get my point out, but I couldn't say things in a Japanese way. I couldn't read and write beyond a, a kind of basic level. And that was still the case after after a couple of years, and it was really frustrating for me. So, Andy, you know, when you, when you, when you say that, you know, that feeling of having studied for some time and yet you still feel you're at a beginner level I mean, I absolutely relate I think it's important to get give it a bit of perspective because you know if you've learned romance languages and Andy I know you are um, you know you know a lot of different languages and so you know what it feels like to be good in a language after a short amount of time right and yet with Chinese you're not feeling that same that same feeling of, of, of achievement but it is important to recognize all the stuff you have learnt. So in, in the case of Chinese, you will have learnt a lot of stuff. But the only difference is that you might not be able to, you might be not at the, at the level of overall proficiency that you might expect. And that was exactly what happened to me in Japan. 
But, you know, now for me with my Japanese, you know, I use Japanese very comfortably in conversation, um, in any kind of social situation. And that's fine for me. It's, it's far from perfect, but I can use it to really enjoy myself with, with Japanese people. And it's a good part of my life. And that's great. But if I'm honest, I, there are still huge gaps in my Japanese. I, I, I can't read. I couldn't read a novel, for example. There's too many kanji that I don't know. I still struggle with listening comprehension, especially on, you know, in Japanese, I still get those, those times where someone will say something and I'll draw a complete blank. Whereas that doesn't happen to me in romance languages. Never. You know, I can always think, you know, work, navigate my way through a difficult conversation somehow using existing knowledge. But, but I find that with Asian languages, um, especially with Japanese, there's so much that's different. You don't have these hooks to hold on to, to help you through the conversation. And so, you know, I kind of, the way that I look at Japanese after speaking it for years now is that I, it's, it's fine for me, but I, that's, I'm aware that there's a lot I don't know. And I'm kind of happy to accept that. I'm happy to accept that it's not a language that I really dominate, although I would like to. Um, it's not really a priority for me, but I'm kind of happy to accept those shortcomings. Um, knowing that there is one thing that I can do, which is fine for me, which is to be able to speak in conversation. So um, I, I think, like, w- when I now compare that to my Thai, for example, so I was in Thailand this summer, as I mentioned earlier, and I spent two weeks studying intensively. And I got to say that I, you know, over those over that kind of intensive period, I did feel like the language became familiar after that time. Now, I was still a complete beginner. I still am a beginner. But I definitely did get that. I, you know, when I, when I came to speak at the end of those two weeks with my teacher, it, it had become kind of normal. And it didn't seem too distant and too, and too foreign. And yet, now, three months later, when I have been doing only, like, one lesson a week and a bit of homework as I described a couple of episodes ago, now it's kind of starting to feel more foreign and I kind of feel like I, I've not, I'm, it, it's more distant from me. And so, you know, I, I don't really see a reason for you, Andy, why Chinese should still feel so distant at this point and why you should, why you should still have this feeling as a, a, a of, of being a beginner. Like my, 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 the, the only thing that I could put that down to assuming that, you know, a good few months have passed now since you've been learning it, is that you're, you don't have the level of frequency and focus that's required to get to that point where you're, you start to take ownership of the language and it starts to become normal. So I, my, my question back to you would be, well, how much time are you spending with Chinese? How many days a week and for how long? And I would be looking to up the frequency of that. You know, I was talking to someone recently about... Um, their Spanish. They were considering joining the Fluent Spanish Academy and they were asking me, like, what is the the minimum amount of time I need to put in to to really see progress? And it, I like this question because I, I can really relate to that at the moment with my, with my Thai learning. And, you know, for me, just doing one lesson a week and a couple of homeworks is not enough. I'm slipping backwards. So I really think that if you want to make, like, positive progress forward in, in your in the language that you're learning you need to be studying it th- at least three to four times a week for at least kind of 30 to 40 minutes a time that's 
you know, and if you look at that in the, in the case of, I'm not sure how many hours there are in a week, but um, if you think that like you're only st- spending two or three hours a week with your language, it's a tiny amount. You need to s- spend time with the language. You need to be surrounded by it in order to to get you over that familiarity hurdle. And so, like Andy, like I guess I, I assume that that you are learning multiple languages at the moment. So my first, the, the path that I would steer you down is to say, look, if you really want to see this progress in Chinese, if you want to move beyond the beginner stage and you want it to become more familiar, you want to become, you want to kind of start to feel like you own the language, you need, something has to give. Maybe that means that you put another language on hold. Maybe that means that you just study more in general. But one way or another, what you've got to do is increase the frequency and, the, and your depth of focus. And I would really be looking at, um, for, for you, like doing like an hour a day on Chinese. Uh, and the challenge for you is how to make that work in and around the rest of your life. But with these difficult Asian languages, you've got to have that depth of focus. Otherwise, you'll never get through the push through the gap. So increase the amount of frequency, increase how often you're studying, do it in more depth, spend more concentrated time listening and reading and regular speaking. It's back to basics, really. I just I suspect that in your case, because you're a, you're a real language guy, you're probably spreading yourself too thin and you don't have you just can't get that depth of focus. So I hope that's helpful. As with so many things, it's all about going back to basics, isn't it? And uh, often as and I suffer from this as well, often as we kind of get more more advanced and we maybe think we can handle more than we possibly can, that's when corners start to get cut and the overall effectiveness of what we do starts to dip. If you would like to ask me a question, I'm going to give you a link where you can come and do that, just like Andy did. It is IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash ask, A-S-K. I'd love to hear from you, and I, I answer every question that comes through, providing that it's relevant. <laughs> and in terms of a resource for today, I would like you to go over and head over to the YouTube channel to subscribe, because there's going to be so much great stuff coming through on YouTube uh, from Hong Kong, and I want to make sure you're up to date. So Open up the YouTube app on your phone and search for Ollie Richards or else go to IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. You can even turn on notifications, the little button you can press that sends you a notification every time there's a new video. Um, So that way you can see exactly what's going on in Hong Kong. I'm going to really try hard to talk about what I'm doing every day to, to to. push through this intermediate plateau in Cantonese. Hopefully that's going to be really helpful to many of you who I know are kind of more advanced in language learning and looking for those extra tips. So uh, there we go. I'm going to get, I've got to go now because I have to <laughs> have to catch a flight and I've got to go all the way to Heathrow Airport. But I'll talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening and have a fantastic day.